You're a wizard, Harry. Welcome to the Harry Potter Book Club for the Half-Blood Prince with... Sarah Tompkins. Majaya Shreshta. And I'm Michael DeMauro. This week we discuss Chapter 7, The Slug Club. We also talk about our favorite singer, Celestino Warbeck... And the battle for the Quizich Cup continues. Welcome back to Lucky Episode Murder. Number Seven. Woo! We're doing Quizich again. It is That's a good magical number. It is nail biter Michael five points, Sarah three points, Bajaya one, and um, it is right down to the wire. Um, no, nothing. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> wait, d- does she really have one point? What? Is- no. no, wait, she has. She has three one point. She has three per my count. She has three. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I agree. <laughs> I agree with your count. I was trying to take a picture um, so I could tweet it. <laughs> and up first, we have Sarah and Vijaya neck and neck with three points each. Okay. 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 Ready? Yes. Please. Who do Harry and Dumbledore enlist to be the new Hogwarts potion master? <laughs> Sarah. Horace Slughorn. Correct. Nailed it. Great job, Sarah. Thanks. Sarah, Thanks. you are doing a lot better than last year. I, <laughs> I had last to, year I had, you I'm were dog you. shit, and oh, uh, wow. this year you're doing so, great. No, I was I was so bad last year. Although I did come back, I did come you back did. in the in live. You did. I hated it so much. I came back yeah. pretty good in the live. But I hated how well you reason, did the live show. I was off my game last time. Can I, I just, just wasn't ready for it. Can I just now, say now I'm doing? I already, shit. I've already um, sort of mapped out the live show. Jeopardy style. And oh damn! It's gonna be really hard. So oh, nice. Be prepared. All right, so I'm not gonna come I'm gonna, to I'm gonna anymore. I'm gonna have to reread the book again. I'm gonna have to listen. I'm gonna have to if I'm if I don't have time to read it, I'm gonna have to listen to it at one time speed this Whoa. time. Yeah, I was gonna say not two times speed. Yeah. All right. Dang. Okay. okay. I'll fuck you up. All right, Sarah or no, Bajaya versus Michael. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bajaya Michael. I'm terrified. What is the name of the village where Harry and Dumbledore find Slughorn? Babe! Oh, God Did damn it. I, no, I actually don't know this. So, no. Michael? You gotta... No, you don't want to guess? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Michael. Yeah, this is, uh, you got me. I think this is the first one I haven't known at all. Stumped? Sarah, do you want to try? Was it in Surrey? 
I honestly don't know to be to be okay. Yeah, I don't remember. What was it? Wait, you don't know either. No one <laughs> was knows. Was it New Hangleton? No, there's no, not fifty Hangletons. There's not all the Hangletons. I almost said that. Greater. Wait, wasn't there? There was like there was like greater. There's, there's two. Like a greater there's area. There's like greater. Yeah. There's like greater. Greater Hangleton. A little Hangleton. But it's or not whatever. either. I don't know. What? what Y'all are lucky not. that I did not make a question about the Hangletons. So what is the answer? <laughs> no, it's okay. I think I did in the fourth. It's Budley. What's the answer? It's Budley Babberton. What the fuck is that? Wow. That's not even. That's, what? What? That's brutal. I'm sorry. That is I have to put a hard I, one in there. No, you gotta do that. I, I love it. Babberton. That's great. That's not a name. Budley Babberton. John John. Hello. Hi, Johnny. All right, I guess. Okay. Um, was that it? Was that the end of the episode? That yeah, was the end of the episode. I Wait, did do- not get a point this episode. I'm going to no. cry. Um, and look, and I and look get, at this. Husband bringing me beer. Nice. Oh, you and I Good get husband. to go next, um, Sarah, Sarah Bear. Yeah, so come, tune in next week to see me and Bajaya face off. Not like that movie, face off, but just this quiz. Hi everyone, this is Mitch. I'm just jumping in before we get started to say that during the recording of these episodes, it was really hot outside and the ACs were running. So I did my best to edit them out. However, there is still a bit of echo left over. So please bear with us. We were just trying to make sure the dogs and the casters were cool enough to keep going. So thank you for your understanding. Chapter 7, The Slug Club. So, Harry does not like how happy Malfoy looked after in the last chapter. He is like, he's up to something. You see how happy he is? Oh my God, everybody. And everyone's like, Harry, shut the fuck up. We don't give a shit. Stop being just, obsessed. Just ask him on a date and get it over with. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah, of course. I was like, damn, you need to calm down. So, like, Harry's like, no, but there's, like, two uh, dark objects. And he's, like, putting together all these clues. And um, Ron and Hermione are like, whatever, dude. No. It does kind of sound like he has a murder board, though, you know? Like, with red string and stuff. Right. And then he's like, oh, I've got it. Malfoy is a Death Eater. Madame Malkin what? tried to put a pin in his arm and he freaked out and she didn't even touch him. And then and then the dumbest line of reasoning, which comes up over and over again, uh, pops up, which is Ron's like, I don't think Voldemort would use a 16-year-old. <laughs> I mean, Ron, come on. But also, he could just say, I don't think Voldemort would use someone that dumb. <laughs> Not that he's really dumb, but he's 16, he's I guess. You know one what? One year away from being an adult, Voldemort would never use somebody who is not an like that would be wrong. But also, 
Right. As like also Voldemort thought he could use an eight year old, he would. I mean, he did try to murder a baby. So <laughs> <laughs> that's let's actually, you know what? Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> let's get back to that one. <laughs> um. So, uh, so, but they're all, they're all hanging out at the burrow. Um. They go down for breakfast. Floor is in the kitchen, just driving Mrs. Weasley up a wall. She's, you know, talking about the wedding and how Ginny's can't wear pink because it would clash with her hair. It would be horrible. I think it would look good with pink. I actually think pink and red go well together. This is in fashion podcast, Sarah. It's more pink and orange, but I get what you're saying. But I think that was go together well. But maybe it was also of the time. It was very like sure. this was what year was this? In the nineties. Yeah, maybe the 90s don't think so. Um, and then it somehow Tonks comes up. I guess a hairy ass of Tonks will be one of the people guarding them as they go to Hogwarts. And she's, I guess, stationed somewhere else. And um, and Flora's like, oh, she is letting herself go. Ugh. And everyone's like, fuck you, Flora. You suck. And uh, so, yeah, but they're, it's time to go. They're going to Hogwarts. For once, they actually are all like, they all get into the car on time no one's like late they don't have to go back for their fanged frisbee wow it sounds like a ideal trip so, yeah so they actually get out of the house on time for once uh harry doesn't like the tight security like they like a uh, or basically like walks him through the platform or the wall on the platform nine and three quarters and uh yeah, he's like, come on, like, just because the most evil wizard in the history of the world wants me dead more than anything doesn't mean you have to treat me like a baby. I think that actually means that. I mean, I nope. feel like I would be happy for a little back. Anyway, I wouldn't I would I would like I personally would like a little bit of backup, yeah. a little protection, yeah. you know, uh-huh. They get on the train, Ron and Hermione, Harry's like, come on, Ron and Hermione, just like old times, let's get a compartment together. And they're like, nope, we're going to go do prefect shit. See you later, loser. And um, and Harry gets all sad. Um, and uh, I guess he, somehow that happened before uh, he asked Mr. Weasley to have a word alone. And he tells Mr. Weasley about Malfoy and how... He think about the dark objects, and he thinks there's two of them, and how he thinks Malfoy's a Death Eater. And Mr. Weasley's like, yeah, I doubt it. Um, we raided the Malfoy Manor and took all their bad stuff away. And uh, and Harry's like, no one believes me. Ugh. And that's my impression of Harry. It's very good. Thank you. Uh, so Harry gets on the train, and everyone's like gawking at him, especially after all the you know, the prophets been calling him the Chosen One. Ay ay ay! Everyone's just staring at him. And he sees Ginny, and he's like, "Oh, Ginny, let's let's get a compartment together." And she's like, "I gotta go make out with Dean Thomas. See you later, Harry." <laughs> I mean, she knows what's good. And Harry's, Dean it's Thomas like, is dick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. So Harry finally sees a friend or two in Luna and Neville, and he is relieved. And. uh Everyone's kind of looking at Neville and Luna, too. And Harry's like, that's because you were at the ministry with me doing cool stuff. And so they get a compartment together. And Luna and Neville are very sad. And they're like, can we keep doing the DA meetings? And Harry's like, no. Mm. And they're like, oh, it's like we had friends, though. This makes me so sad when he says that. When they yeah. That is really sad. That is so sad. It's a bummer. 
Um, and then our everyone's favorite side character, Romilda Vane, comes up. Oh, that's fucking bitch. With her crew, and uh, and she's like, Harry, you don't have to sit with those fucking losers. Come hang out with Romilda. Oh, shoot. Yeah, and Harry's like, these are my friends. And she's like, what? Really? Okay. That makes that does make me happy, though. The only good thing Harry's ever said. Right. And so <laughs> Harry's rewarded with Neville telling him all about how his grand thinks Harry is the best and wishes. Oh, that's so sad too. <laughs> wishes that that uh, that was you know Harry was her grandson and all this stuff. Um, Ugh. Is yeah, it is just a parade of sadness in this compartment. <laughs> Harry, as 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 Neville is telling him this stuff, Harry kind of just like goes off and spaces out and thinks about how. Yeah, the prophecy really could have been about Neville, not me. What would happen? Would my, and then he goes right to like, would my mom be kissing me goodbye and stuff instead of you know Neville, whatever? Why is Neville's mom kissing Harry goodbye? What? I'm just kidding. You what? said you said instead of Neville's. Don't worry about. It. Okay. Um, yes. Would Harry's I was just, mom? I was being. I was being a jerk. I'm sorry, <laughs> Sarah. If you step out of line one more time. Off the podcast, I know. But I will kick you off the podcast. Why? Why do I have to be the villain? Because you have the, you have all the power on this podcast. <laughs> Let's be real. Uh, so Ron and Hermione leave. Ron and Hermione. 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 That's like when you do something very Hermione-esque. Hermione. You did it Hermione. Uh, Ron and Hermione show up. They're finally done with their prefect duties, and they're like Malfoy was blowing off prefect duty and he normally loves just bullying the like small children and harry's like he's up to something ah <laughs> he's back on his bullshit and uh and at that point harry and neville actually get scrolls inviting them to lunch with slughorn interesting Aww. yeah and and neville's like why me i suck and oh, uh no. i know right um, Harry wants to go under the invisibility cloak, but immediately realizes that like there's just no way to get through the train without bumping into people and stuff. So sadly, they have to go visible, and uh, basically everyone just keeps gawking at him, except for Cho, who sees him and is like ah, and like runs away. So they get fair, to yeah, they get to Slughorn's compartment, and uh, it's the first meeting of the Slug Club. We have all of our favorite people, like Blaze Zabini, the Slytherin. Pew, pew, pew. We know uh, him. Carmack McClagan, Marcus Belby, and Ginny. What? Question? Dreamweaver. I believe get me through the night. Slughorn, uh, he gives everyone pheasant, which is yummy, I guess. And talks about really boring shit like teaching people's uncles. He asks Belby a question who almost chokes to death. <laughs> and uh, Belby's uncle is uh, the guy who created the Wolvesbane potion. That's and, pretty cool. Um, and Slughorn is like, oh, well, I get it. You Because he's like, what about your uncle? And he's like, I, I don't know. And he's like, oh, I get it. He must be really busy being such a cool dude who made the Wolfsbane potion. And Bellaby's like, oh, my dad and him don't get along, so I don't actually know him. Ooh. And 
Slughorn basically doesn't talk to Belby for the rest of the, the rest Belby, of the- read, Belby, read the room, man. Like, he doesn't give him pie. He's just, you know, it's just Belby's out. Belby's immediately canceled. McClagan, on the other hand, is like going hunting with uh, Scrimshaw and, you know, he's got all these high-level ministry contacts. So, he is, mwah. Slughorn's all about him. Zabini has a famously beautiful witch for a mother who apparently kills Ooh. all of her husbands and takes their money. <laughs> nice. Which he is, is fun. He is supposed to be good looking. Yes, yeah. he's very good looking. I actually want to read a book about his mom now. The Black Widow sort of yeah. witch. And apparently uh, Slughorn saw Ginny do a dope ass bat bogey hex and was like, that's awesome. Come, Come to my club. So... It's kind of like the only invite that is respectable at this point. Uh, but, you know, I guess what are you going to do? So Slughorn ju- just wants to talk to Harry about being the chosen one. And Harry does admit that he was at the ministry with doing doing a big fight with Voldemort. Doing a big fight. Doing and, a fight. Uh, he's doing a fight. And uh, and Ginny was like, yeah, we were there too. I didn't hear anything about prophecy. The prophet is just full of shit. Harry's not the chosen one. And uh, Slughorn's very sad at this. So they all leave, and Harry's like, Oh, I got it. I'm going to follow Zabini into the Slytherin compartment, and then I'll be able to spy on, on Malfoy, because he should be out doing his prefect duties. So oh, my God. Stop with his something. obsession, Harry. Oh, he's so obsessed. So uh, Harry does goes full Harry, and <laughs> just, like, really... Bumbles, bungles this whole thing so like he doesn't get it he can't get close enough to Zabini to like follow him in and Zabini apparently like smashes the door closed on Harry's foot like four times and then Harry he's invisible but he throws the door open and like knocks people over oh Harry and um, jumps up onto the luggage rack one of his shoes is visible for a second and he's like, ah, I guess they didn't see me. Why doesn't he think about things that before he does it? Because he's he in just, Gryffindor. He just barrels in there. Um, so they're all just, the Slytherins are all just hanging out. And um, Malfoy wants to know who got invited to the Slug Club. And you can tell he's kind of like bummed that that he didn't get picked. And uh, he's like, oh, all these people suck. What is Slughorn thinking? And then I guess he... Zabini heard him talking to another person whose dad or uncle or grandpa's is the Death Eater or something, and it just like that person didn't get an invite. So apparently, just Slughorn, not into Death Eaters. They are no good. So then Malfoy starts running his mouth about how he might not even be at Hogwarts next year. He's going to move on to bigger, better things, and the Dark Lord doesn't care about OWLs. And uh, and then he like heavily hints that that Voldemort wants him to do a job. It would be a cliche. Yeah. He sounds like this kid I knew in high school who decided to follow Fish our senior <laughs> year instead of go to school. Hmm. He's like they don't care about school, man. That's true. They probably don't. But he made grilled cheese instead of dark curses. So that's bad. <laughs> I I prefer the grilled cheese. Me too. Me too. So. They they get to Hogwarts. Malfoy waits for everybody to leave the compartment, and he's like, you know, get out, everybody. 
And um, so he closes the door. He closes the blinds. And Harry's like, oh, boy, here it comes. He's going to get something. It's, I'm going to find out about it. And uh, Malfoy, like, goes down to, like, open a chest. And then he's like, ha, ha. And he, he casts a spell and paralyzes Harry. And Harry looks like a friggin' idiot. He's all, like, bunched up. Because he's completely paralyzed. And then Malfoy stomps on his face and breaks that, his nose. That is very rude. It is nasty. It's, it's not great. And then he throws his invisibility cloak back over Harry and he's like, have fun. You'll probably get to London before anyone finds you. Bye-bye. Bye. Also super not great. Yeah. What if it had been weird sex stuff, though, Harry, that he was going to do when he shut those blinds? I mean. Just saying. I think Harry, Harry would have been excited. Um, so the new things, <laughs> well, we see, I mean, I guess we've heard about the slug club kind of, but we, uh, we get it treated to the slug club. And then as far as questions go, uh, do you guys think Neville would have been the big hero if Voldemort had picked him instead of Harry? I think there are a lot of variables in that though, because would, I think we go through this later, but like. Would his mom have um, stepped in between so he has the protection right. and everything? Yeah, Harry but that. yeah, I right. And then also, like you know, would would his would his grandmother have treated him the same? And if his grandmother treated like how much nature versus nurture? You know, his grandmother not trusting him, mm-hmm. not thinking he was good enough. And like, what would that have been? And also, wasn't he a bit of a hero in the end anyway? Yeah, but I think oh, yeah, absolutely so they also had very different i think like he still had a tragic childhood where he lost both of his parents and i think he would have still probably had the same upbringing that he did eventually have where he doesn't have like confidence in himself and i don't know his he didn't really come into himself till later because of that i think and i don't i don't know i just don't know I don't know. That, I mean, it's it's a hard question because there's a lot of things that that posits and changes. You know, like you said, like there's a protection aspect, and obviously he did lose his parents in a different way, and not. It's going to sound terrible, but almost a more like horrific way because they're they're there, but they're not. You know, right. then that's 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 and just, like that's so sad. And they obviously, I, I mean really suffered you know like, right right it was it's prolonged suffering yeah. and they continue to suffer in some way right? right i don't know and i mean again if if his mother had tried to save him from that would that have changed would his mother try to save him would he have had the protection if he had that protection that you try to save him and he'd been the boy who lived his grandmother might have treated him differently than she did you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know it's just who's to say yep who is to say who is to say who is to say not me but do you think that that also, do you think that that sort of messed up Neville's life a little bit, having that prophecy happen? Do you think that had any influence in Neville's life? I don't think so. Because he, I think his parents would have died regardless. Because I, I, obviously, like, there were, I don't even know if Voldemort knew that there were two kids. Right. I think he did. Well, he did. I think he, he did. And he, he did, but he, he chose, made, he chose. He made the decision Harry. that he did, but regardless his parents are still like tragically injured. I think it, it would have right. turned out this way either way. Like his childhood would have been tragic either way. Right. 
Right. Which isn't right. fun to think about. But maybe Harry's wouldn't have been. Maybe yeah. he wouldn't wouldn't have been had a tragic childhood. Yeah. Maybe. Or, it's true, and maybe people, or and also maybe people would have thought that Neville was cool because he was the boy who lived instead of treating him like a, like an outcast. But how would that have affected? I guess yeah, that could have affected his upbringing. That would he, affect his he, uh, his well, at least it, in the very least, it would affect his experience at Hogwarts probably. Yeah, and he would have been. Um, he grew up in the wizarding world, so maybe that could have affected his self confidence. Mm. Right. Right. Who a knows? lot of variables. Who knows? A lot of variables. A lot of them. Anyway, that's my chapter. Well, thanks, Michael. That was cool. Hey, anytime. Um, y'all want to learn about Celestine Warbeck? Is that how I you say her name? To. My favorite singer in the entire world. Celestina, excuse me. My favorite singer in the entire <laughs> world. <laughs> yes. All right, let's go yes. to the segment. Boop. Let's go to the segment. All right, so Celestina Warbeck is obviously Mrs. Weasley's favorite singer. Um, obviously. She hails from Wales. <laughs> that was just a little rhyme for you all because, you know, songs. I don't know. Um, she's also known as the singing sorceress. Ooh. Her father was a minor, um, like a minor person in the Department of Muggle Relations. And uh, I thought you were saying he was. A, I thought you were saying he was a minor. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, <laughs> very working class. Um, <laughs> he met her uh, Muggle mother, who was a failed Ooh. actress, when she was attacked by a lethifold, which is apparently a carnivorous and highly dangerous magical beast. Who the lethifold was designed. Dis- Disguised as a stage curtain. Oh, so as an as a failed actress, yeah. she, well, whatever. So she just like she like walked past it and it attacked her. Yeah, I guess. So her Celestina's extra extraordinary voice was apparent from a very early age. Um, but Mrs. Warbeck was very disappointed to learn that there was no like wizarding like stage schools, like artsy schools. But so she was like, "All right, you can go to Hogwarts." but constantly bombarded the school with letters about, like, let's do choir club, theater club, dancing classes. Stage moms, am I right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dance moms, stage moms. So um, she, uh, Celestina, concerts are very famous, um, frequently appearing with a chorus of backing banshees, which sounds terrible because aren't they supposed to have, like, a terrible scream? Yeah. Maybe it, like, maybe, kills you or something. Maybe there's, maybe, there's some ta- maybe there's some talented banshees. Or maybe that's just their name, like like uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes. No, it's, you know? like, actual banshees backing her. Um, so banshees. three devoted fans were involved in a very nasty three-boom <laughs> pileup over Liverpool because they were trying to reach the last night of her fly fee Flighty Aphrodite tour and her tickets. Fly, you mean fly, Flighty Aphrodite? Flighty Aphrodite. Yes. Because it writes. Oh, again. Um, and her tickets uh, were on the black market at uh, very inflated prices because that's what happens at concerts and that's why I couldn't go see Adele. <laughs> this is also one of the reasons why Molly Weasley has never been able to see 
her favorite singer alive because, come on, Harry, just buy her tickets. You have enough right, money. Or Mr. Weasley, save up some money. You've been married forever. She's had a billion children. A billion Bring her children. out for one night. <laughs> so Celestina has also lent her name and talents for good causes, like raising, mon- uh, raising money for St. Mungo's with a recording of Puddlemere United's anthem, Beat Those Bludgers Back, Boys, and Chuck That Quaffle Here. That's the name of the song. I love it. It does sound like a Premier League sort of song. More controversially, Celestina was also vocal in her disagreement with the Ministry of Magic when they sought to impose a restriction on how the wizarding community was allowed to celebrate Halloween. It doesn't go into further detail than that, but okay. She was born this way. She was born this way, and they were trying to restrict her ability to express herself. I guess. And some of Celestina's best songs, best known songs, include "You Charmed Their, You Charmed the Heart Right Out of Me," and "A Cauldron Full of Hot, Hot Strong Love." I think it showed up. It shows up in this book. The early twenty first century um, album "You Stole My Cauldron, But You Can't Have My Heart" has a massive has a massive global hit. Um, <laughs> her personal life has provided also like a lot of gossip. Um, for the Daily Prophet, an early marriage uh, with a backup dancer lasted Ooh. only a year. And then she married her. Very J-Lo of her. And, and then, oh, I forgot about that happened to J-Lo. Remember, she, that exact thing happened to J-Lo. Yeah. <laughs> and then she married her manager, um, and they had a son together. But she Very left. Very Celine Dion of her. But then she left him for composer Irving Warble 10 years later. Wow. <gasps> At least she's not killing her husband like um, Blaze Zavini's mom. She's like she's like the Elizabeth Taylor of the Wizarding World. That's true. Huh? Um, so these are J.K. Rowling's thoughts. Um, that was just like the fiction part of it. So she, Celestina, is one of J.K. Rowling's um, favorite offstage characters in the whole series and has been part of the Potter uh, world ever since uh, she thought about the world. Um Making an early appearance in the short-lived Daily Prophet series, I, pro- uh, I produce. She produced um, four members of equally short-lived fan club run by. I did not know that this was a thing run by Bloomsbury. Did you all know about the oh. Daily Prophet series? Or no, uh-uh. it must have been really. It must have been really early in the publications, though. Because that do they still do they still or were they the publishers until the end of, of yeah I think so Harry Potter I believe so okay um so we even though we don't never see Celestina during like the seven volumes we just like hear about her every now and then J.K. Rowling always imagined her to resemble Shirley Bassey in looks and style I don't know who that is she also stole the name from. A, her friend that she worked with um, at Amnesty International's London headquarters, and Celestina was simply begging to be scooped up and attached to a glamorous witch. And that is Celestina Warbeck from Pottermore. Huh. Yeah. Shirley Bassey, by the way, sang... Do you know Do you know the theme song to uh, James Bond's Goldfinger? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like Goldfinger! Goldfinger. Oh, That's her. Lord. <laughs> My you should ears. listen. <laughs> you should you should listen to it. It's a it's a classic. By the way, Shirley Bassey, I just looked her up, is from Wales, and she's still alive. She is eighty two years old. Huh. Good for her. 
I mean, she she looks fabulous, so probably the worst of life. Yeah, you got it. You know, um, do but what do we do? Do we think like she was a Shirley Bassey? Do you think she is like more of a? Uh, I, I imagine her as like a Barbara Streisand sort of character, um, I mean, that's or maybe what, a Celine Dion. You know, that was uh, that's what she said. So I, I yeah. actually, yeah, I pictured her more like a, like an older Adele or Celine. I like always imagine her as like a yeah, an older Adele. Well, because I was trying to think of like what moms would like, sort of like you know. You know, a Celine Dion or a Josh Groban or something, but a lady version of Josh I, Groban. I would love for it to be like the real version of Josh Groban, but in a very extravagant dress. That would be I would perfect. Love that. That would be amazing. That's funny. Um, you raise me up. That would be well, funny. thank you so much, Vijaya. I appreciate that. I knew nothing. I knew nothing about her, and also petitioned to get. Uh, Mr. Weasley to buy Mrs. Weasley tickets to one of her shows. Or, you know, Harry could buy... He, has a, he But, okay, Mr. Weasley got a trillion tickets to the Wizarding Quidditch Cup, yeah, right? Yeah, but that was the World Cup. by the Ministry. Yeah, but, but literally, you don't think a Ministry official could get some tickets to Celestina Warbuck or whatever her name is? Warbeck. Warbeck? I mean... You don't, also, think, you don't think a ministry official could get that? They could. But also, like, Harry could just get them tickets as a thank you. That's true. It's true. He's not very, he's, he's concentrating on Voldemort, not I yet. guess. All right, well, that's the segment. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks, bye. Bye, forever. For your wizard, Harry. Our editor is Mitch Cahill. Our artwork was done by Jesse Carlton, and our music was done by Sean Fagan. I know you want to help us out, so why don't you head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review? And also send us an email so we can talk to you. You can do that by emailing us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com. Hey, I know you all want to keep talking to us, so find us on Twitter at PotterPod. I'm Michael, and you can find me at 13 Nerd. I'm Sarah, and you can find me at Her Lady Tompkins. And I'm Bajaya, and you can find me at I Think Ninja. 